0: And the Bible says, if you come into church, you ought to bring the sacrifice of praise, which is thanksgiving. Amen. Giving praise to God continually. I'm glad he saved our soul. Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 47. We'll read just one verse and uh, then we'll pray and share with you the word of God. I want you to keep your Bibles open. We're going to show you, uh, just walk through the Bible in a few places to to try to bring this subject message the Lord's laid upon our heart. And I want to preach today, the Lord help me on the Lord added to the church. The Lord added to the church. Well, Frank didn't have no idea what I was going to be preaching on. I didn't have no idea what he's going to be teaching on. But it's amazing how they kind of go together. And I uh, want to do our best to mind the Lord. Acts chapter number two and verse forty-seven. Praising God and have in favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Let's pray. Father, we want to plead the blood over this service today. I want to thank you for the direction throughout this weekend as you begin to settle things in our heart about this morning. I pray God that you'd Help us, Lord, to do our best to mind you. Help us to be sensitive to the Spirit. And, Lord, even the thought that you laid upon our heart where to go tonight, we pray that you get glory. And, Lord, everything that goes on, we'll praise you for it. You're the best thing that ever happened to a dirty, rotten, hell-deserving sinner like me. And I want to thank you, Lord, for the family that you gave me. Thank you, Lord, for my beautiful, wonderful wife. Thank you, Lord, for my wonderful boys. Thank you for my grandbabies. Thank you for the church family, Lord, that you have gave us here at the house of God, all the children, the young people that feel just like a part of us, Lord. We want to thank you for that. But Lord, I want to thank you for what's not just here, what's on the other side. Thank you for that family that's there already waiting. Thank you for the children that we've already got on the other side. Thank you, Lord, for being our Savior. And Lord, one day coming back to get us and bring us all together in that great family reunion. We pray you'll get glory from here to there. From everything that we do, we pray you get praise for it. Save souls and touch lives and help us to be an instrument, a vessel that you'd preach through today. And we'll give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. If the Lord would help me for a little while, I want to say again, I'll be preaching if the Lord would help me on the Lord added to the church. Here in our text today, uh, as well, Lord Willem will be in chapter 3 tonight. But in our text today, there is a pressing situation. There's a praying congregation. And there's a powerful demonstration. You see it in chapter 2, and you see it in chapter number 3. If, if, if the church is going to grow, then it's got to be because the Lord adds to the church. We're going to go over it again, but I just want you to think of this by just by way of introduction. I want you to notice in verse number forty. You can write outside your Bible if you're writing your Bible. The Bible says they were convicted men. It said many, and with many other words did he testify. Peter's preaching this day, saying, "Save yourselves from this untoward generation." They were convicted. Bible says they they gladly received his word, were baptized. They were under conviction. Then they were converted men in verse number 41. In verse number 45, we find out these men who were convicted and converted are now compassionate men. They're selling their possessions or goods, and they're going to part them as every man had need. They were continuing men in verse number 46. They continued daily, the Bible says, that daily with one accord in the temple. They just didn't start that way in the first part of chapter number 2. But this was something they continued. They were continuing men. They continued and and did this every day with one accord, breaking bread from house to house and did their meat, eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They had some celebration about them. Amen. And then they were not only continuing men, but they were conscripted men. And that's where we're at today in verse 47. God had, he had added them to the church. He conscripted their name into the role of the local church. I love preaching about the doctrine of the local church. It is a a doctrine that many people don't preach today. They preach a false doctrine. They try to say things like there is no local churches in the Bible and you got to be real ignorant of scripture not to realize that there are letters written to local church but the Bible is filled with teaching and multiple references when it comes to the doctrine of the church. I want you, I want you to know, just continuing by way of introduction, there, I want you to look at the church in its purchase. The Bible said in Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28, the church is the reason Jesus died. We have that. I want you to notice the church is special because of who purchased it, in Acts chapter twenty and verse number twenty-eight, the Bible says, "Take heed on yourselves and to the doctrine, Amen." But take heed on yourself and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which He hath purchased with His own blood. Thank God for the blood, bloody gospel, the truth. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. The church is special. The church is special. We're talking about the Lord added to the church. What's so special about the church? Well, it's special because who purchased it? The Lord purchased it. The only thing he ever bought, he borrowed a boat, he borrowed a tomb, he borrowed a manger. He didn't even have nowhere to lay his head. The only thing we have record that he ever bought was you and I. The church of the living God. Amen. I want you to know that the church is special because of the people. The church is made up of men and women, boys and girls who have accepted Jesus Christ. That's what our text verse says. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 reminds us that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, amen, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should shew forth the, the praises of him who hath called you from darkness. He's translated us to the kingdom of his dear son. God did that for us. He chose us. You didn't choose him, he chose you. Boy, ain't it good to be saved. The church is special because of its purchase of the Lord, the, Thank God for the Lord saving our soul and buying us off the slavery bark of sin. But especially because of the people. We'll, we'll, we'll deal more with it tonight. But he, that crippled man wasn't down there at the trade gate. He was down there at the gate called Beautiful because that's where church people came through. He's looking for help from church people because church people, no matter how they are, Thank God if you go to church for folks to save, they're some good folks, the best folks are saved, folks. Amen. I ain't say we're perfect, but thank God we've been purchased. There's, Thank God for the people. The church is special because of its power. And we'll deal with it a little bit today. But notice the, here's the church is the most powerful agency on planet Earth. Here's what the Bible says about the church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The church ain't going down, it's going up. It ain't going out, it's going in. Somebody say amen. The church is special because of who purchased it. Because of the people that make it up. Because, and, and we're a people that's been brought from darkness and translated to the kingdom of his dear son. There's a common denominator that brings us together from all walks of life, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. We're a family, amen, brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's special because of its power. Do you realize that we can pray? We, we, we are, amen, we that have been saved have the privilege and power and opportunity to talk to the one that made everything. The power of prayer is probably the most neglected power that any one of us, they they say, I don't know if this is so, but that the Son can put off enough power to power everything that's needed in the world in one day. I don't know if that's so. It's what I heard. Well, I know something more powerful than the S-U-N, and it's the S-O-N. Somebody say amen. There's power in the church. Do you realize that the Bible says that through prayer that we can bind things on earth? Amen, we can pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking God, I want you to take over in this situation because I don't know no man that can do it and you running things in heaven and just like everything is in perfect will in heaven, I want it to be in perfect will on earth. I'm praying thy will be done. We got the power to do that or not do that. And if we don't do that, we're saying, God, we got it. We don't need your help. Is everybody with me today? We have power that we either hold back or unleash. The church is the most powerful thing, more powerful than FBI. It's powerful. Amen. The church is special because of its purpose. The church is endued with power. We're going to deal with it in a minute. The church was endued with power. Matter of fact, just go back. Acts chapter number 2. I want you to look what happened in verse number one. This, hey man, thank God, it's purpose. The church was endued with power—that power that I've been talking about—for the purpose of being a witness to tell the world about Jesus Christ. He didn't make. He didn't take perfect people to do this. He took a cusser named Peter. I'm talking about cuss. Changed his language so much that he convinced that woman that was sitting there identifying him as that Galilean crowd, that Jesus crowd, that, that Christ-following crowd, he changed his speech so much and denied God so much, she was convinced she left him alone. I'm talking about that, that crowd that doubts. You say, preacher, I'm not worthy to be used. I'm a doubter. Well, Thomas was a doubter. But if it wasn't for Thomas doubting, we wouldn't have some of the best scripture we have in the Bible. Thomas said, we don't know the Lord will wait. and how can we know? And Jesus gave us that great verse. He said, I thank God for Thomas, because we have that verse, dogmatic verse. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Thank God for Thomas. He used James. He used John. He used a bunch of them that went back to fish and went back to their old wicked ways, their old diet, the picture of their old worldliness. God used that crowd To turn the world upside down—that's what it's testified about them, in the Book of Acts. Says, "Who's this crowd that's turned the world upside down?" Are y'all with me today? Oh, I'm talking about a crowd. I'm talking about a tax collector. I'm talking about fishermen. I'm talking about about some of the lowest crowd, the most hated crowd. God saved them and changed them, and he gave them the purpose. He said, I'm going to put power on you. And he said in Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8, that's when he declared it. He said, "Ye shall be witnesses. He said, go tear in Jerusalem till you receive power from on high. And that word power is where we get our word dynamite. That's dynamite power. That's power to blow mountains out of the way. That's power to dig holes where the hey man, where they say you can't be dug. That's power to blow out those walls that people's got built up. He said, You're gonna receive power from on high. And when you get that power, then you're gonna be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and under the uttermost parts of the earth. The church is special because of the purpose. He didn't say, I want I want the White House to do this. He didn't say I want the Lions Club to do this. He said the church is going to have power and their purpose is to proclaim truth and tell the world about me. Man, the church is special because of its purpose. Just look what happened in Acts chapter number two. Notice the situation. When the day of Pentecost. Notice, hey man, the saints it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they, who's they? That's that 120 crowd. I'll get to that in a minute. The saints, notice the solidarity. It says they were all with one accord. Notice the seclusion or the sanctification being set apart. They wasn't in the world. God didn't let the fire fall on everybody in the world. He let the fire fall on the saints that were secluded and seeking his face. Boy, I feel like preaching this morning. It says they were, that. notice the situation, the saints, the solidarity, the, the seclusion, the being set apart. Notice the suddenness. And suddenly, there came a sound. Notice the sound. Hey Amen. He dealt with the day, so I ain't give you missed Sunday school. You'd have heard all that part. Hey Amen. Thank God for the sound that they heard. It wasn't just any sound. That was a sound, thank God, from the Lord. That was a sound from heaven. Hey, hey Amen. That's what the Bible said. There came a sound from heaven. That's out of this world. That's a supernatural sound. Thank God. Notice the saturation. Look what happened. After this wind came, they were filled. That word filled means to be soaked, to be saturated, to be running over. Thank God. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Michelle just helped rescue some people out of their houses filled with water. This is a place you don't want to get rescued out of. This is a place you want to get in. I'm talking about filled with the fire and the presence of God. Thank God. Notice this is what the Bible says. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared, thank God, for the saints, the solidarity, the seclusion being set apart, the sanctified crowd. Thank God for the suddenness that when God wants to show up, he'll do it suddenly. He'll do it immediately. He'll do it unexpectedly. they have been praying for 10 days. Ain't seen nothing moving 10 days. Man, I'm telling you, God can do it. Hallelujah. The Bible says they got saturated, amen, filled, That sound from heaven, that rushing mighty wind, it filled all the house. Can you imagine the wind being blowing, coming, the whole house becoming a wind tunnel, and I'm talking about a supernatural wind from another world, and the Bible said, then they saw something. Said they showed them something. There appeared on them cloven tongues like of the fire. You know what the church, you know why the church has power, and you know why the church can fulfill the purpose of God? You know what makes it special? is God set the church on fire. He set the church on fire. Oh, thank God. I'm glad God set the church on fire in Acts chapter number two. Thank God for the voice they heard. Thank God for the noise they heard. Thank God for the sign, that, that being set on fire. Man, that's a picture that God is working through the individual believer, not the tabernacle, not the temple where the fire showed up. He's working through individual believers were the tabernacle of God. He's not just showing up in a building, a tent badger skin laid over it. He's not just showing up in a place Solomon made for it. God is showing up in his almighty fiery power in every individual believer. That's the power of the Lord local church. That's the purpose of the local church. Amen. The church is special. Now the introduction is long. Let me give you the message today. God added to the church daily such as should be saved. I want you to notice with me just for a little bit on the importance of church membership. The principle of church membership is in Acts chapter 1 and verse 15. The context of our verse. Go back to Acts 1, 15. I'm not making this up. In Acts chapter 1 and verse number 15, in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of the names together were about 120. So they had a roll with names on it. Did y'all catch that? He was able to count off how many people was in the room By the names, that's what he said, the word church is found in your King James Bible 79 times. The word churches is found 36 times. Church 79 times, church is 36 times. So it's very clear with the plural use of the word church, he's talking about multiple local church. God, hey man, God, hey man, God has set up from the beginning and, and he wants us to continue in individual local church. He's not talking in a universalist kind of church like the Catholic church is talking about. He's talking about individual local autonomous Bible believing churches who are working with power, with purpose with people who have been purchased, amen, to carry out and fulfill the will of God in this world. God is working through local church. God wants individual local churches and he said they took a role. said they had names on it. They numbered them together. There's hundred and twenty. There's 120 on the road. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 15 and verse 51, it said, preacher, I don't know about this local church business. Well, and there is a, hey man, from this verse alone, And from all the verses, from all the books in the Bible, the church at Colossae, the church at Ephesus, the church at Thessalonica, all those books that were written on local churches, the churches that Paul went to establish, There's the doctrine of the local church. It's sound doctrine. Anything else is not sound doctrine. It's what fundamentally is sound truth in the word of God. God instituted the local church. God empowered the local church. God enables the local church. God evangelizes through the local church. Amen. God works through the local church. Amen. He said, well, preacher, I don't know if I believe it. In Acts chapter 15, verse 41, the Bible says, amen, he went through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches, plural. 79 times we find the word church mentioned and nearly every time, nearly every time, sometimes he's talking about what he did in the body of believers, but nearly every time that you find this word church mentioned in your King James Bible, it is talking or referring to a specific local church. I hope everybody, I know as Baptists we believe in the local church, but I know as Bible believers, whether you ought to believe in the doctrine of the local church. Acts chapter 8, verse number 1. I'm going to give you some uh, examples. And at that time there was great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. Acts 13 verse number 1. Now there are in the church that was at Antioch certain prophet and teachers. The church at Antioch. And, and Romans chapter 16 and verse number 1. I commend it to you Phoebe, our sister, which is the servant of the church, which is at Censaria. And Romans chapter 16 and verse number 5. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. And 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 6. 17, for this cause of sinner to you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son, faithful to the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. God says there is multiple churches. Is everybody with me? Am I boring y'all today? Can you say amen? Do y'all believe in the doctrine of the local church? God added to the church Daily, such as should be saved. God talking to the church, individual local churches that make up that body of believers, individually, local church is a body, and then universally, thank God, He's the head. Is everybody with me? Practically, the principle of church membership, He is calling them off the road the practicality of church membership. In other words, if the church is a body, then a body has individual members. I've got arms and legs. and We have members of our body. So if the church is a body, then the church has got to have individual members of that body. And I'll, I'll prove it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 12. For as the body is one and have many members, for as the body is one and have many members, And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 verse number 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it pleased him. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse number 20. But now are they many members yet but one body. Are y'all with me? So if each individual church is a body, then each individual church needs members in that body to complete the body. Would y'all agree with that? The prerequisite of church membership the principle of church membership, the prerequisite of church membership, what what has to happen before somebody joined the church. When I joined the church when I was 12 years old. I joined the church and I didn't join it right because they didn't do it right, just to be flat off sweet. I went down there and I said I want to join the church. I was mad because I was hungry and I was starving to death. Everybody else was eating the Lord's Supper and I wasn't getting none. Now, I didn't know that scripture where it says you're not supposed to eat and drink the Lord's Supper. And I didn't read that scripture. I don't even remember that scripture ever being taught on when I was young but I know now that the scripture says if you're hungry eat at the house because when you come to the Lord's house it ain't about satisfying your hunger it's about honoring the Lord Amen. remembering Him not remembering your belly. Is everybody with you? But I didn't know that. I was 12 years old. I thought, man, i got to be a member. They ain't going to let me eat the Lord's Supper. So I raised my hand. Me and my cousin went down there, and they said, what are you coming for? I said, I come to join the church. He never asked me if I repented. He never asked me if I knew Jesus. I never, I don't even, I never even got in the altar and prayed. I shook the preacher's hand. I became a member of that church. And today, they still have me back yonder being a member at that age at 12 years old. Are y'all listening to this preacher? That's not the prerequisite for being a member of the church. What did our text verse say? The Lord added to the church daily such as should be. Say it all together, women, church, make sure you're awake. Such as should be. y'all one of you answered. Such as should be. Saved is the word. Such as should be. Okay, about half of you is awake. The God, Lord added to the church such as lost. Is that what the book says? Everybody want to come shake the preacher's hand. Is that what the Bible says? No. The Bible said the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. What's the prerequisite? Well, in the context of our scripture, let's go back to chapter 2, verse number 41. The Bible says that then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So they got added to the group. They weren't just in the crowd. They were added to the church because they got born again. They received the word and they followed the Lord in baptism. In Acts two forty seven, praising God and having faith with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. That's our text verse. Acts five fourteen, and believers were more added to the Lord. How? Multitude, both men and women. How? Because they got saved. Acts chapter number 11 verse 24 for he is a good man full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people was added unto the Lord. The Lord adds to the church daily such as should be saved. So God wants the church. God believes in the church. There's an importance of church membership. There's an identification of church membership. Let's look in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 41 one more time. It said they gladly received his word were baptized on the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Members have to identify with the same beliefs. If you're going to be a member of a local Bible-believing church, then you've got to identify that Bible says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Look at verse 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. If if you're going to join, if you're going to be added to the church, then you got to continue in the beliefs of that church. You can't hook up with a church that denied Jesus was God. You can't join a church because they give away a Harley every Father's Day. You can't join a church, and I know there's one down in Spartanburg. You can't join. We ought to call service off that Sunday just to go win it and come by. I'm just kidding, Hey, man. You can't join a church just because you can get a free vacation, and there is something like that. You can't join a church because they got something. Here's the thing they always say, "Preacher, what you got for our kids?" Well, we I start telling them the things that we got for kids. You know, Sunday school and different things. May Bible witness go on a little. And I said, "But the word, what we really got is praising, preaching, praying." testifying, singing, and shouting. That's the biggest thing we got for your church. But you shouldn't want to join a church because what the church offers you. You ought to join the church because what you can bring to the church. Is everybody with me? Oh, man, I'm telling you, God put, because God's going to bring different members to add to the body. Amen, to complete the body. The members identified with the beliefs. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. But according to that verse, members also, and in the verses afterwards, members identify with battles. Look in Acts chapter number eight. Let's just look in Acts chapter number eight. Boy, they over people getting saved left and right, but don't worry. It's got the devil's attention. He's fixing to be a battle. <laughs> and there's a lot before here in Acts. But look in Acts chapter eight, verse number three. Here's Acts chapter 8, verse number 3. Members identified with beliefs. Members, amen, the identification of church membership. Remember, that's what we're talking about. Members identified with battles. Saul made havoc of the church. Is that not what he said? Saul, now we know he's going to become Paul in the next chapter. But in Acts chapter number 8, he's tearing up the church. Why? Because the devil don't like the church growing but if, if you say by the grace of God then you identify with the battles because you're a part of the same body you're not looking to get out every time a battle happens you're not willing you're not looking to jump ship just cause the sea's rough a little bit you're wanting to say where's my cannon well, let, give me my cannonball help me to get my because you know why this is a team effort we're in this battle together and all God's people should have said amen Members identify with beliefs. Members identify with battles. Members identify with burdens. Ain't that what the book says? You look over in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2. You know what the Bible says? Bear ye one another's burdens. And what are we going to do? Comma, and so fulfill the law of Christ. God said if you want to be, hey, how we identify, you're a real church member. Hey, man, you believe the Bible you get with us in the battle and you help bear one another's burdens. You, When they weigh down, you go try to help them up a little bit. God, help us, amen, say amen. How do we increase church membership? Look in Acts chapter 16. We're just taking the book of Acts. Book of Acts brings so much, you don't have to read Revelation to get scared. That ought to get you excited and make you shout. Book of Acts should make us scared. Look what Acts 16 and verse number five says we're talking about how to increase church membership. How to increase, thank God, the people that have been purchased, that enjoy power, that are fulfilling the purpose of God. The church that God said, hey man, the gates of hell's not even gonna prevail against it. How do we increase that? We know how to identify them. Hey, we know the importance of it. But how do we increase church membership? Look what the book says in Acts 16 and verse number five and so were the churches established in faith and increased in number daily. Bible says they increased in number daily. What well, what's been going on? What how what's what's been happening? Well they've been struggling in chapter number 16. And the struggle ain't even got over in chapter 16. The main preachers are fixing to get beat. They're gonna be lied on. They're gonna be shackled up in prison and their backs are gonna be beaten and the God is gonna show up in the middle of the midnight in the deepest part of the dungeon of that prison and they're gonna have jailhouse rock before Memphis, Tennessee was even on the map. Somebody say amen. I'm talking about God's fixing a jail. Hey amen, rock the jail and start a revival in the dark part. The light's gonna show. Up. Hey, man, they're going to free everybody. The gospel's going to be preached. And I know they all got saved in jail. Every single, every, every one of them had to get saved. You say, What do you say that for? Because I've, I've worked in jails. I've been around jails. I've been in prisons. And I can promise you this: if the doors is open, they're running. And they didn't, none of them go nowhere. Hey, man. They were saved by the grace of God. They wasn't running out of there. They was running to the Lord. Are y'all with me today? Watch what happened. Acts chapter 6, go back to Acts chapter 6 and verse number (coughs) 7. Acts chapter 6 and verse number 7. And the word of God increased. That's what happened. They they got these deacons and put them in their spots. They laid hands on them. And the word of God increased. Acts 6 and 7. And the number of the disciples multiplied. Not just added, multiplied. In Jerusalem, just a little bit. No, the Bible says greatly and a great company of the priests, even them religious zealots that denied Christ were obedient to the faith. There was an increase in attendance. Go back to our context. Look in Acts chapter number two, the chapter we're preaching from, in Acts chapter number two, and verse number 42. there was an there was an increase. How did that start happening in Acts, chapter number eight, in Acts chapter number six, in Acts chapter number 16. How did that happen? Because there was an increase in attendance. Look what happened in verse number 42. And they continued to stead fast the apostle doctrine, fellowship. Hey man, and breaking of bread and prayers. A Christian a Scottish lady, believed Baptistic thoughts. See, it wasn't just the Catholic Church in Scotland that was persecuting the Presbyterian. The Presbyterian Church and the Catholics started persecution on the Waldensians and the Pauliacans and uh, all the crowd that believed. And Baptist, like we believe in Baptist faith, they were after them all. And, and so we receive persecution from both directions. Our Baptist forefathers, our Paulican forefathers, Waldens, and all, they, they, they received persecution in church history from everybody the Church of England, the hey man Presbyterian Church of Scotland, and also the Catholic Church. They were all after them because they wouldn't line up to their false doctrine. And so one day, the Scottish lady's going down there to the little hidden church over there that they're not not supposed to exist. She's gonna hear some Baptist preacher get up and tell the word of God, preach sound doctrine, and one of the guards catch her. And they say, ma'am, I know you're not going to church anywhere but the Church of Scotland, are you? I know you're not going to church anywhere but the Presbyterian Church. And here's what she said. She didn't, she didn't want to lie about her intentions because she knew if she got caught, she'd be in prison. So she thought of something. Here's what she came up with. I like this. She said, I'm going to my father's house in the country. <laughs> I'm meeting with my brothers and sisters. My eldest brother died. And we're about to read his last will and testament. Hey, man, that's Jesus. She said, we're going to my father's house, going to meet with my brother and sisters. Our eldest brother died. Hey, man, we're going to read his last will and testament. I'll tell you what, she said, I, if I gotta die, gotta face imprisonment, I'm gonna go to church. We don't have to worry about that in the United States of America. We're blessed beyond measure. We got a church on every corner, and I'm not saying all of them are worthy to be called churches, and I'm none of us even deserve to be a part of it. But by grace, God, let us be born in this country or here in this country. And thank God you get to come to church. Nobody's got AK-47s or M42s. Nobody's got rocket launchers blowing up everybody that comes in we get to come to church and we dare—I I dare say many of us don't even halfway come somebody say amen there was an increase how do we increase church membership? we've got a increase in attendance There's a, and, and y'all ain't going to like this one but there was an increase in adversity look in chapter number 4 and verse number 1 look at chapter number 4 and verse number 1 and they spake unto the people the priests and the captain of the temple of the Sadducees came upon them They were grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, so they laid hands on them in a bad way. Verse number three, and put them hold until the next day. And it was now about the evening time. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and a number of them, men was about five thousand. Hey, wait, wait a minute, preacher. Wait a minute. I'm I'm telling you, when God begins to add to the church daily, when God begins to increase church membership, there's going to be an attendance an increase in attendance of the people that's already there and then there'll be an increase in adversity. Sometimes it's adversity that gets people to come to church. Y'all know I'm right. There's an increase in assets when church membership increases. Look what happened in Acts chapter number four. Look in verse number 32. And <coughs> the multitude of them that believe. With one heart and one soul, neither said any of them "All of the thing which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. With great power gave their Great, uh, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all, neither was there any among them that lacked, for many as were possessors of lands and houses sold them. They sell. All, I'm talking about all the extra lands and all the extra houses. They went about stacking up houses. They brought the prices of them that were sold, and they laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. You see, when, when, when God increases the membership, he'll do it from attendance of the folks that's already there. He may do it through adversity, but when he increases the church, there'll be an increase in assets. In other words, there's a financial obligation that comes along with being a member of a church. There's nothing, that would be something wrong if a company hired more employees and did less production. Would y'all say Amen. There'd be something wrong with a family if, if one or more of its members get a job and the bill still ain't getting paid. Some, they ought to be pulling the money. There'd be something wrong with church membership increases and the offerings don't increase. Amen. That means it probably didn't increase. Somebody ought to say amen. There'll be, there'd be, be an increase in the assets. But there'll be an increase in that church's abilities. Watch what happens. I'm just showing you the Bible. Look in Romans. Look in Acts. Now go over one book. Go over to Romans in chapter number twelve. You can't get mad. I'm just showing you what the Bible says. Amen. Look in Acts. Look in Romans, chapter number twelve, verse number four. Look what the Bible says. Romans chapter twelve and verse number four. For as many look for as we have many members. Talking about the local church. Talking about individuals. Now he's going to liken some things to us. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another you know what he says? Everybody contributes whatever talent, whatever gift as God has blessed them with. When they come into that body the church's effectiveness the church's abilities are increased because God knows what that church needs so he brings them from all parts of the world to add to the body so they can increase in assets, increase in attendance, increase maybe even adversity because the devil don't like it when the church grows but God's going to let that church increase and its ability to reach sinners, amen, and do it more effectively because God's adding to the church what that church needs. Every member of the church has something to do. This is a team effort. This ain't all about the preacher and the Sunday school teachers and the people that count the money and the folks that clean and straighten up the parking lot. This is absolutely every single person's, amen, responsibilities. Everybody understand? Every member of the church has something to contribute. What are you contributing? What's your ability? What's your gift? Don't be a parasite. Y'all know what a parasite is, don't you? I looked up in definition just in case. An organism that lives on or in another organism of another species. That species it lives in or on is, is known as the host. And the parasite gets all of its nutrition and help from the host. Or, it has another definition, a person who receives support or advantage or the like from another or others without giving any useful proper return who lives off of the hospitality of others. Boy, that sounds like, oh man, 2024, somebody say amen. I'm not talking about the church, that sounds like United States. That sounds like the world. The mentality of you owe me something, amen. And amen, can you look around the church? Maybe maybe it's your kids. Can you look around the church and see one person that's here because of what you did to add to help them get here? God added members to the church. Should be a desire of every single person in this church. Amen, shouldn't be just a few of the preachers. Amen, increase the church member. Notice the integration of the church member. The definition of integration is the state of the combination or the process of combining into completeness and harmony. What makes them unified? Let's go back to our text, Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2, we're in the context of the scripture. Acts chapter and used other scripture to, to identify what that scripture meant. Now we're back to the context. Look what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and breaking of bread and fast. You know what they did? They, they studied the Word of God together. That's how, thank God, God integrates the church God combines the church. God perfects the church. Because what? how God does it, how God connects the church, combines the church, integrates the church. As they get together and study the word of God, You, hey amen, you go to worshiping God together and God breaks out on folks. Folks go to get and say, amen, we get to gleaning off the same truth. The spirit of God comes through and helps. You'll become closer to that crowd than anybody else in the world. Amen. One of the best ways, amen, for members to become become integrated into the church is to study the Bible together at church when we have church. Get involved in Sunday school. Get involved on services. Get involved in everything going on. You say, well, preacher, you know, and I'm talking about church members. I'm not talking about visitors, church members. If we're a church member, Churches ain't here, and every one of us is going to miss. We got obligations with job. We got obligations with everything. I understand that. But if you think about it like this, if we're all members of the same body, if somebody isn't at church, it's like having, you've been out there playing in the mud, and you've washed your right hand, but you still got a muddy left hand. Everybody ought say, say amen right there. Oh, yes, it is. Hey, Amen having, it'd be like having Sunday lunch and half the family not showing up. Many people never feel like, many people never feel like they become part of the church because they don't never show up. I've had people leave this church and they say, well, preacher, I just feel like I ain't getting fed. Well, number one, you've been here one service in four months. You can't feed somebody, don't come to the table. Somebody ought to say amen. And as far as my house goes, only babies are fed. Everybody else feeds yourself. Amen. Y'all know that was good. Hey man, hey man! Y'all know that's right. We got to study the word of God together. That's how we become integrated, one mind and one accord. We spend time together. That's what they did. And verse forty-two of Acts chapter number two: breaking fellowship, house to house, hospitality, sharing meals, sharing company, doing things together. Hey Amen. They they shared things with one another as every man had need. They parted what was needed. Romans chapter twelve, verse thirteen talks about distributing to the necessity of the saints and. And given to hospitality is a good attribute of a believer. Hey Amen. Visiting the saints, cooking for them when they down, helping them out, calling them on the phone, letting them know, helping them out when they need a helping hand. Hey Amen. God wants us to integrate, to become part of the same body. Notice the interactions of the church member. The church should be a loving church. The Bible, in other words, love one another is found 12 19 times in the New Testament. Love one another is found 19 times in the New Testament. Love one another. God expects the church to interact with one another in love. Would you all agree with that? The Bible says a new commandment I have given unto you, <laughs> that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. John 13, 34. John 13, 35, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Amen. You know what the gifts of the Spirit is? The gifts of the Spirit. There's nine gifts there in, in the book of Galatians and it starts out, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, ministry. You know what I think it is? Love is the gift of the Spirit and everything else is a result of love. You, amen. Love, joy, you're gonna have joy because you love. You're going to have patience because you love. You're going to have temperance because you love. You're going to be long-suffering because you love. If you ain't got that love, you ain't going to have nothing. Amen. That's exactly right. <laughs> they say this. Uh, this is a little joke. I didn't say this, but I thought it was pretty good. Men insult each other, but they don't really mean it. You know, we'll go and say, man, you know, Lord, will not you call my nappy head? We'll, we'll But they say women compliment each other and don't really mean it. That shouldn't be the church. We shouldn't go around gouging on each other unless you, for real, just joking, don't hurt nobody's feelings, but it shouldn't be our our job to fake love. We have real love. We should love one another. I mean true love. God wants us to love one another. Love should be selfless and not (laughs) self-centered. Love is what you give, not what you get. The whole idea with the world, young people, y'all listen to me. Amen, love is not what you can get from that girl, or love not what you can get from that guy. That's not love, that's lust. Love, Jesus demonstrated, God demonstrated. Love gives before it ever thinks about getting. Y'all know I'm right. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's not based on what you can benefit from it, but loving unconditionally. That's the way God wants us to love. Amen. A church, thank God, interacts should be a loving church. A church should be long-suffering. We ought to put up with each other. Don't hold somebody else to a higher standard than you hold yourself. Preach, preacher. Thank you, brother. Amen, preacher. That's good preaching. Thank you. Amen. Don't have better. Don't Don't hold me when you don't do it yourself. Who are you pointing to? Everybody in here, preach on, preacher. Y'all know I'm right. Don't look at me when you don't do it. I feel like preaching today. Now, hey man, Michelle, put some uh, something in my bologna sandwich. Don't let Satan make a mountain out of every little molehill in somebody else's life. Don't look down your nose because you got one area figured out and everybody else don't. You got problems too. You know who? You know who's got problems? If we were to set a mirror at that front door, we'd see them when we walk out. Everybody in here, we all got problems. Amen. You say the Lord's got problems? Yeah, and I'm it. Amen, I'm telling you, every single one of us has got, don't look at somebody else when you ain't got it all figured out. Y'all know I'm right. We long suffering with one another. Amen. Don't hold each other to a higher standard. Be patient with each other. You know what's the funny thing? We'll be patient with our coworkers and not patient with our, amen, church family. Preach on, preacher. Preach on, preacher. We don't quit work every time we have a trouble. Preach on, preacher, amen. Y'all know I'm right, amen. Don't let Satan make a Niagara Falls out of every drip that's going on, amen. Amen, what can we do? Here's that last thing, what can we do? How can, we, how can the church membership make an impact? What's going to impact? <laughs> first of all, we're going to make an impact out there and we'll make an impact on everybody that comes in here when we first get dependent upon God. I can't even walk without him holding my hand. Amen. God can't, God, um, God help us. You know what? God uses us when we, we ain't even all the way right with God. we about half backslid and God will still use us. You say preacher show me Bible. Well, I go all the way back to Ruth and show you and show you God using Naomi, who was bitter and mad and backslid on God and brought Ruth out of Moab. Amen. <coughs> God uses us when we ain't perfect. I ain't trying to keep everybody perfect. But I do. Then I do know this: we need to keep developing our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll use you, Amen. These men that He used right here, we'll look at them tonight. We'll look at them tonight. I'm talking about one of the men He's going to use in chapter number three. He's the one that did not even use the Lord. He's the one that cussed like a sailor. He was a fisherman, so he cussed like a sailor, Amen. He changed his speech. A church member. They ain't nothing, there's nothing interested in coldness. There ain't nothing interested in coming to a church of the chosen frozen. Somebody preach on preacher. Hey man, don't be, it's no fun coming to church with a bunch of criticizers and Nancy naysayers. Hey man, y'all know I'm right. I don't know if there's any in here, I don't think there is. We need to ramp up our prayer life. You know what Tim Scott told me one day before he got, before he got elected as the second time when he was appointed to take that place? We was having a prayer meeting. Tim Scott said, I need all you preachers come around me and pray. He's supposed to put on a political speech and he couldn't get through the political speech. He said, I won't talk about that mess. He said, I want to talk about the day I got saved. And he started telling us about the day he got saved playing football at a Presbyterian College. He said, God came through and busted me. I've laid flat on my back and had nowhere to turn, but God, God saved my soul. And he said, "I thought I was praying pretty good, and I thought I was reading my Bible pretty good. And then I got appointed to position from Charleston, went up there to Washington D.C., and I got into cesspool of sin and realized I needed to up my game. I had to pray more, I had to study more, and I had to seek God and I had to go home every chance I get to get grounded again and not get out of my my, my element. Are y'all listening, to this preacher? We're in 2024. It's getting wickeder on every side. I'm gonna tell you what we better not do: don't slack up praying, don't slack." back up studying, we got to bear down if we ever have. Y'all know I'm right. Is We got to be dependent upon our relationship with God and try to increase it. We got to be dependent on our relationship with each other. Don't think you're an island. Hey man, we're sheep, sheep got to have each other. God demands unity. He said bless, it's a beautiful thing when brethren dwell together in unity. You know what Ephesians 5, 1, even in the home, you know what it says? Some husband and wife. You say, well, preacher, the Bible says wife ought to submit to their husband. It does. But you know what it says before that? Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. In other words, you submit to each, to God. Amen. You're one to another. Husband to the wife, wife to the husband, in the fear of God. We're seeking God together. Y'all know I'm right. The church having an impact, we got to depend dependent upon God. We got to be dependent upon each other. And we got to be dependent, what I call dependent on our need to reach the world. They ain't gonna hear the gospel without us. We've got to tell them and you're not, listen, you're not going to make an impact on them by trying to act like them. You're not going to make an impact on the world by trying to smell like them, trying to look like them, trying to act like them. These men, they, it's what they did. You can look it up in the Bible. I think at verse number 29, back in verse number 29, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you. They, they, you know what? You know why they got like that? Because they were asking God to help them to speak boldly when they get locked up in prison. Peter said, as soon as he gets out, let me speak boldly the word of God. You know what? God, help us to speak boldly. To speak boldly the word of God. We need power to stand up to the world. Not try to fit in with the world. Not try to pacify the world. Not try to imitate the world. We're supposed to reach the world. And everybody ought to say amen. So let me ask you this. Miss Victoria's coming. I know me